Headliner Radio, the creative voice. So happy indeed to be welcoming Wesley Schultz from the multi-Grammy nominated band, The Lumineers. So hello, Wesley, how are you doing? And yeah, where are you today as well? Thanks, Adam. Yeah, um, I'm in Denver, Colorado, my home. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and h- how have things been? They've been... Uh, we're finally starting to, as a band, work a little bit again, you know, as far as shows go. So things have been exciting in that way. And, and also just it's almost been two years for, for us and most people as far as any sense of normalcy. So mm. um, it's exciting to do certain things like tour or see friends and things like that. Uh, I think there's a feeling of hope, but it's very tempered because uh because it feels like we've been let down a lot in the last uh, year and a half plus. So it's, and I think everybody's sharing that. So I think we're cautiously hopeful. No, of course. Um, I just wanted to ask, are you guys conscious of the fact you're kind of approaching two decades together as a band? Is that right? And with that in mind, I'd love to know if you have advice to those wanting, you know, a more long-term career or time in the arts rather than just, I think it's such a pertinent question because we're in this sort of TikTok yeah. stroke Instagram age where people are like, <laughs> I want views now, I want streams now. And that's fine maybe if you want five minutes of fame or whatever. But um, I just feel like the Lumineers, you've been going such a long time and it's a wonderful thing, right? Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah it's been, we keep track of it because we got together in 2005, Jerry and I. Um, we'd known each other growing up. He was friends with my younger brother. I was friends with his older brother. Um, so part, part of what I think helped us, uh, be together this long is that we, there's a lot of trust, you know, when we make songs together, we split everything. There's no paranoia about why does he like this idea more? You know, does he want the credit? Mm. We're, we're, we're trying to create an environment where the best idea has to win. And so you really have to work on just shutting your ego down and serving the song. And so, I mean, that applies with live performance. It applies to, to a whole lot of things. And I think part of longevity is just making decisions that you'd be happy doing for as long as you want to do it. So a big part of our success is our failures. You know, we had, I was almost 30 before we got signed and had any sort of break. Um, I mean, Mm. I was born in 82 and our first break was in, 2012 so that's 30 yeah so like i think i was i think i was by that point i I knew what i wanted out of those um boundaries you know so we were able to make make albums and finish them entirely and then give them hand them over to say to the label can you please promote this now and i think a lot of bands in the beginning are sort of told what to do and since we had failed so long we got to (laughs) dictate the terms more and I think that really helps us to this day be a lot more content with our, just how, how things go. And I think uh, other bands can get in bad contracts and things like that. And we've just been lucky. But a lot of that just had to do with, like I said, just having nothing happen for so long. <laughs> the benefit of failure can be immeasurable sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's especially interesting just because you guys are kind of advocates of concert goes enjoying the live music experience sort of authentically not having a phone screen in between them and the band because i mentioned tiktok and instagram that obviously feeds into the whole you know smartphones dictating 
allies. Do you think that's a big thing that feeds into this longevity and the philosophy of the band? Do you feel? I think I think maybe it, it could have some. I, I was having dinner with a friend last night, and he said, "Did you know that sleep on the floor is huge on TikTok?" He said, "No, I don't, I don't use it, mm. but uh, I do notice that you'll see." a stream count of a song and it's way higher than you would have imagined. And it's things like that have happened with our music, with Ophelia and Cleopatra and sleep on the floor. There's been these upticks and you're like, you, you, I remember asking management, why are so many people suddenly streaming this more? And they said, Oh, well, TikTok." So I'm like, that is wild. But, um, I think we began, um, playing house shows. We began busking in the streets and, it, it all began on a, a level that we understood the way to someone's heart and to actually get, have an impact on somebody live is, is through that intimacy and through um, that direct contact. And so when phones became ever present at shows, it was something that at first we, every show I was, I would ask people to put away their phones. And I think for some reason, people are less likely to do that. I don't know if it's because of something we had said in the past, but mm. there's a lot less. There will still always be someone who wants to take video or take a photo and maybe it's to show their friends they're, they were at the show or whatever, but it's never good audio quality or even video. It's just, it's a strange placeholder for a memory. Um, but mm. I think, it, I think it, does, it does get in the way of people's experience. And for whatever reason, there's been, a bit of a shift and I hope it's for most artists and not just us where when you go to a show, it's not everyone on their phone the whole time, because if you've ever been to a show and you, there's someone in front of you holding their phone up, that's actually the worst. Cause now you're looking at their screen at the, <laughs> at the stage. Yeah. It's just one more, one more filter. Um, so yeah, the direct to the source kind of thing is where it's at. It's the most exciting. And I think everybody's still in dire need of that. You know, that's why these, like Zoom meetings with video are a, a measly placeholder for the real thing. Um, like I just, mm. the same friend I had dinner with, I was helping him work on this song and we were doing it remotely. You know, we were sending each other voice memos and then he came and stayed here for a couple of days and we got the song done in, you know, an hour. It would have taken weeks if it ever did get done normally. Um, so it's a, it's a better way to, to work and to, to understand each other, but it's also just kind of impossible for a lot of people right now. Yeah. And with that in mind, your bandmate, Jeremiah, he's partly based in Italy now, right? Um, yeah. So is, is your kind of writing relationship gone slightly remote at all, particularly for this? New yeah. Maybe, maybe that's how we, uh, maybe that's how we stay together. So long. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it's a kind of, it's a relatively new thing. His wife's from Italy. So um, I, I think the way we have always written is to come up with ideas independently and then spend some time workshopping them together when they're farther along. Um, so it, it doesn't interrupt any of that. Um, it's just strange sometimes where I used to be able to send him an idea or he, me, and then there would be an immediate text back or a call and we talk about it. Now it's, he might be asleep. It might be in the middle of the night when I send him one because of the time difference. So that's really the only thing is like you start to maybe you start to th question your idea when you're not getting that feedback loop right away. It's like, oh, maybe it's, maybe that sucks. I don't know. Mm. I'll have to wait eight hours <laughs> to hear back. So um, that's, 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 that's hard. But I think um, 
you know, overall it's, it's kind of how we worked anyway. So I'm, I'm glad that he can be, a, be in a place where he and his wife are, she just loves Italy, all things Italy. So I think it's like, they're both so happy over there that it works out. He, he's way more productive when he's happy. So let, let's, let's do that. Yeah. You know? I mean, when we guys last in a room together, I'm presuming there's going to come a time where it's going to necessitate actually <laughs> physically being together. Yeah. There must be rehearsals and stuff coming up, I presume. And- yeah, we'll be, we'll be together in probably a week. Um, hmm. We're going to go back to our hometown. We grew up in New Jersey and shoot part of a music video there and then do some stuff in New York and then come back to Denver and then Florida and LA. So we're kind of just ping-ponging all over the U.S. right now to close out this year. No, wonderful. And then just on Jeremiah, so I, I recently got to speak with him about his you know, wonderful piano solos he released as an album under his own name. So, I'd, yeah, first question on your amazing new music. Um, I'd love to know if his side project, do you feel that like informed or shaped any of the new music you're putting out, you have put out and you're going to be putting out soon at all, do you feel? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, yeah, for me, it was like, I put out a solo record of, of cover songs around a similar time. And um, mm. it really, the way in which I recorded that on my own, I was just, you know, riding a motorcycle to and from the studio, showing up, not knowing what we were going to do that day and leaving with usually two songs recorded. Um, and that spontaneity and that openness um, led to an attitude about how to record that was very different from any other album we've made for me. So we, when we did, when we started our workshopping together and Jared flew back to the U S and we, we were going to work for a number of weeks together. We actually ended kind of early because we had gotten all the songs to, to a really kind of crude form on, on these voice memos and uh, ended up just saying, I think, I think we should leave them raw and just go in the studio. Like, like I had felt going in doing these cover songs um, and just more see what happens in the moment, as opposed to try to record it all here before we get there. And then you're just trying to recreate what you've already done months ago. Um, so I think it, it was a more direct, you know, from the ideas inception to recording was there was almost no, there was no time between usually there was a lot of, you can hear the raw energy on there. I think, um, I also think, you know, uh, I'd been encouraging Jared to, to put out that his solo record for, year like a number of years and i think there was never time or you know who knows like we were just actually always on the road or recording our own album so i was really stoked for him um because i think there there is elements of those types of songs like in in something like april or patience where it showcases some of that side of what jared does so well but it's not a whole album of that there wasn't room for that on illumineers uh, album so to to have him do that in a complete form like that was so it was really amazing to, to hear to listen back to and um super happy for him because like i said it's sort of like it'd be like if i wrote all these lyrics but most almost they were used in very sparing ways you know that's what he's doing a lot behind the scenes and even when i met him he didn't even play piano and that shows you how long we've been together is that mm. is that he went from not knowing how to play a piano to teaching himself to putting out a record over the last 16 years. 
that's that's so incredible because um so one of the new singles bright side that was recorded in a single day and i'm now learning i already knew jeremiah's album has had such a degree of spontaneity involved improvisation and stuff because it's an instrumental piano album and now you're telling me how spontaneous your covers album was so does that help explain why it was so swift recording bright side yeah i mean it's hard every song is a different beast you know but i think we we began all the sessions with am radio we ran this session i mean with am radio thinking that was going to kind of be our cornerstone track and Brightside on the demo felt a little more sleepy and more of a deeper cut and then when we got in the studio that particular day we just started trying things and it took it took off you know it sort of took shape right in front of us so uh yeah it was like one of those things where um had we done all that back in denver and not in new york had we tried to do it all before we got to the studio it would have turned out entirely differently i'm confident of that Mm -hmm. um there was less time to to be thinking you know intellectually and there was just a feeling which i think the album is full of that much more of, of a feeling than it is uh here's my point i'm making or here's the exact story i'm telling it's, it's much more conveying i think this feeling to to the audience you know conveying this message and am i right in saying it's lyrically it's a fairly conceptual slash narrative driven song would that be fair to say about bright side i th- i think of it more like it's these like scenes these vignettes of uh these these things that for me made they're like visions that make me feel a certain way so you know the opening scene is this couple in this oldsmobile that the heat doesn't work and they're leaving in the middle of the night and you don't really know why you can see the person's breath and it's freezing and um and then the next scene is them in a hotel room tripping on mushrooms and listening to dark sound of the moon. And so a lot of these were like memories I've had. Um, the last verse is about this car that has a cracked windshield. And that's like every, almost every car I ever had or my friends had always had this crack that continued to grow over time. And the, the sun would catch it just right. And it would blind you as you were driving. Um, and a lot of that is just this, like these feelings I had of, of, you know, not caring about that crack in the windshield, not having the money to fix it anyway, um, or being that kind of early, early stage of love, and you nothing else really matters. You know, you're in this cocoon together. Um, so, bright side for me was like you're sort of insulated from the world through that feeling you have for somebody, through that infatuation. No, amazing, and then. Excitingly, the big shot, your latest single, that offers something almost totally different. So can you tell us a little bit about that song? And then, I mean, does that tell us the whole new album will offer that kind of variety as well? Um, well, I'm sorry, what was the question? Does that, I missed that. Yeah, just because Big Shot and Brightside, they seem to offer totally different things. It's really exciting. So does yeah. that give us a picture of the, the album as a whole? Is that going to be yeah, I think amazing kind of variety across the table? I think it, it jumps around a, a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, Big Shot was way more of a ballady song. It, it became one, I mean, but um, as opposed to the, the, just, if you just have the, the 
the, I'm sorry, the overdriven electric guitar and the big drums that exist on bright side is very different from the kind of soothing soft piano in the beginning of big shot. So, um, and then, you know, ly lyrically, again, I think it's just, uh, this whole album was less trying to be so literal about everything and more trying to, I was really mystified and, and intrigued by how some of my favorite writers growing up, like Neil Young or like Kurt Cobain, they weren't very on the nose about a lot of things necessarily. It was almost, they knew how to find the right words to cast a spell, you know, create a feeling. And so a lot of how they wrote their lyrics was not by writing it. It was by singing it and then going back and saying, Oh, that felt right. What was that? Um, so a lot of this album was not really written lyrics. It was lyrics that were just sung out loud over the existing chords and melodies. And so the, what you end up with is kind of, it's much different than when you're sitting at a desk trying to write out some sort of poetry that tells the story. Um, so that's where I think you get, I, I hope for the listener, they get those feelings. They get a feeling more than they go. I know what the story is saying. You know, mm. that's not the point. Amazing. Oh, so finally, Wesley, can I uh, love to ask any final tantalizing details you can give us about the album coming out next year? And then, yeah, just a two part here. I'd love to know if someone listening was a complete newbie to the Lumineers, I'd love to know where you'd point them for what you feel be the best introduction, something maybe more interesting than this is the Lumineers on Spotify, that kind of thing, <laughs> for example. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if you're wondering what Lumineers are, what they sound like, and you never heard us, I always thought we sound. I always thought we were sort of like if if Feist and Billy Joel had a baby, it would be us. Um, it's <laughs> like it's it's it's. I think well written songs, but recorded in a in a, in a way that has a lot of er errors and mistakes and just rough around the edges in a way it's more raw and we like it we like it to sound so human and, and grounded in that way um as far as like tantalizing details of the record um i think this record is just very different from what we've done before in the sense that it it's way more raw it was all recorded quickly and without without trying to overly craft it and so uh, it's way more adventurous that way, but more than anything, it's, I, I enjoy when people start, like, let's say they never heard of us and they started with this album and then they could go backward and jump around. I think there's been this evolution in the band uh, and the sound has sort of shifted and changed over time, but it's not, it's not a conscious thing. It's more like a, it's, it's, you, it's almost time-lapsed, you know, you, you can go to album one and then jump to four and it'll sound very different, but it all sounds like us. Mm. Um, so it's an interesting I know other bands, they can kind of reinvent even how they sound and look even. And it's, it's, it shocks the listener. I think for us, it's more subtle, but it's, it's changed a lot over the years. And I think that keeps us interested in what we're doing. Um, Cause in a, in a funny way, music's and, and all, all of it, that it goes around recording and everything is, is sort of a self-involved pursuit. You're, you're sort of, you're sort of insulated and you're making things that please you. And then hopefully it resonates with someone else. Um, but it is a funny thing to, uh, we have kids who never even heard our first album and all they know is, let's say Ophelia, or all they know is, uh, Cleopatra or something. Um, 
sleep on the floor, like something off the second album. And then they go back, oh, they have a first album. Now they have a fourth. So I think uh, with the advent of all of this, um, things like TikTok, it, it's, a, it's a, I find it interesting because I, I, I don't care where they start. I just like the idea that they could, there's something to find if it's there for them. Mm-hmm. And I think they, for us, we're just trying to, we're just trying to create a, a body of work, you know, that sort of like feels like every night we're playing somehow our, our greatest hits or something. It's, it's what, uh, what I felt when I saw like Tom Petty growing up was like, I can't believe he wrote this many or Billy Joel or something where you write that many good songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's trying to create, you know trust with that listener so whatever you put out they're going to be open to it and you can push them a little bit so um yeah i don't know if that makes any sense i'm sort of uh out of practice with uh interviews as you'd imagine but uh we are we are so excited to be like we've already played the album a couple times live and the reaction has been so immediate you know unlike a lot of other music we've made where it's a little more of a slow burn no, I was honestly going to say that was such a great note to end on. So, Wesley, thanks so much for your time. Um, yeah. Big shot on Brightside. They're both available to listen to slash stream slash TikTok, apparently. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and best of, best wishes with the new, everything to do with the new album, this new slightly crazy music world we find ourselves in. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, right. Amazing. Have thanks, an awesome Adam. day, Wesley. Thanks. Yeah, Cheers. appreciate it, man. Take care. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.